Welcome to the Life Church Reno podcast. Here at Life Church, we seek to love God, love others, and make a difference. From wherever you're listening, we pray that this message impacts you. Morning, Life Church. Happy Mother's Day to all to whom it applies. We are so grateful for you. Thinking early of my own mom and this morning, and my wife, and my my daughter-in-law, mother of my grandchild, and thought about my mother-in-law. What a wonderful job she did in the wife that they, that they presented me, they gave me, and how much we appreciate all and everything, so many things unmentioned, grateful for a day to remember to say thank you. So thank you, moms. We're so glad you're here. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you're, you're probably like me. Do you, do you have those movies that you watch like over and over and over again? I have a set. My wife has a set. I make her watch mine. She makes me watch hers. How many times can you actually watch The Princess Bride? It's fun, but, you know. But it's, it's kind of amazing. Why do we do that? I, it, you know what? Is it just the familiar? It ends the same way every single time, you know, and, and, but we do it. In fact, you get some of these movies you, you love, you could actually kind of talk dialogue. And if you find somebody who loves the same movie that you love, the two of you can carry on a conversation using nothing but dialogue. And it's kind of fun. So I thought here, this is, this is like my little game. You get to shout at me. Uh, you get, when you recognize the, the quote and where it's from, you can holler back at me, all right? So uh, I saw a lady elbow her husband in the first service because he shouted a name and it's like, no, no, that's really, is, it's okay. Don't hurt the man. <laughs> Some of these, there's a little theme in these first ones. Uh, you're killing me, Smalls. Stand loud, you got it. If you build it, he will come. Yeah, fill the dreams. I've got some baseball fans here too. There's no, there's no crying in baseball. Yeah, that's right. League of their own. You got that one. Now, how about this one? I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. Huh? Yeah, you got that one. That's a veto. How about this one? And I, you, you can't do this without falling into dialect. I'm sorry. No offense. Badges? We ain't got no badges. We don't need no badges. I don't have to show you any stinking badges. You got to be old for this one. Yeah, all right. Someone said treasure of the Sierra Madre. You got it. Yeah, that one I probably ought to repent of. Never mind. How about this one? They may take our lives, but they'll never take our freedom. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That was easy. How about this one? Pete, it's a fool that looks for logic in the chambers of the human heart. Come on. Somebody knows this one. Here's another quote for them. Well, that's it, boys. Same movie. I've been redeemed. The preacher's done washed away all my sins and transgressions. It's straight and narrow for here and on out, and heaven's my everlasting reward. There we go, finally. We'll, we'll talk later. I also like this quote from there. It said, I slaughtered this horse last Tuesday. I think it's starting to turn. Never mind, you, have, you kind of had to be there. How about this one? 
Snakes. Why did it have to be snakes? You got it. How about this one? He chose poorly. Also, Indiana Jones, but Last Crusade. Thank you very much. And my all-time favorite, why, Johnny Ringo, you look like somebody just walked over your grave. Oh, yeah, I could, I could quote that one. We could, in fact, maybe we'll just do that and not have church. Let's just quote from Tombstone. And have a Life Church Tombstone night. What is it about this that you know, you knew this. You do this like I do, but there's that familiarity with it. We go to that place, and you can, in the, you can fall asleep and wake back up, and no problem. It's all there. But, which I want you to know that's good with, with movies, but maybe not so good with Scripture. Because I think there are those Scriptures that, that we've heard them so long, everybody knows them, that we kind of just slide over them when we get to them. And, and I want to I cover one of those. I just want to rethink probably the most familiar scripture at all. Turn with me to John 3, 16. Yeah. All right. You, you know that scripture. <laughs> but it's one of those, I just started thinking about it because I hadn't thought about it in a long time. And you're getting the benefit of that. It started, I read a, I was reading something by Eugene Peterson, and he was recounting a, a conversation they'd had with a friend. And the friend said, a lot of Christians have two basic reactions to the world. They are either angry at it, or they are afraid of it. And so uh, Eugene Peterson said that he started keeping a record of his conversations to see how accurate it was. And as it turned out, it was very accurate. These are Christians we're talking about. And their response to what was going on to the world, to the people of the world, it did fall into one of two categories. Either it was fear or it was anger. And these are believers, people who know Jesus. And, but those two, those two responses... Fear and anger, those are not God's responses to the world. So let's read this scripture, John 3, 16. I'm going to throw in 17 for good measure. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life, or eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. In there is the, the nut of the gospel. But let's just talk about it for a minute. Let's go back. God loves this world. Now, that's an internal reality. We're not, that's never going to change. And, and we're going to have to deal with it. You're going to have to deal with it. I'm going to have to deal with it. Sooner or later, the whole, half, the whole world has to deal with it. God loves this world. He does not hate it. God loves the people in this world. He does not hate them. His, his whole emotion and direction and all that he does is so that this world that has been much of it lost to him might be redeemed to him. But so often we take this approach that he, he hates it, therefore I can hate it. See, his response to, to what he had created and what we had done was neither fear nor anger. It was love. I think God might have had every right to be fearful, at least nervous, when he created this world because he designed mankind with kind of a peculiar thing. He gave us with the most, one of the most potent powers in the universe. He gave us the power to choose. 
And that power to choose, you could probably tell your own stories, that power to choose will take you places where, where maybe you shouldn't have gone or it has taken you places where, where you met God. God gave us the power to choose for one reason, so that we could choose him. Always choose him. But unfortunately, we've used it for other things, have we not? It was our original parents that started this, uh, this nosedive for us. Yeah, it, using the power of their own, the will, this gift that God gave them, they did their own thing. They, they chose poorly. All right? Where have we heard that before? In all of the eras since, we, we've done the same thing. Nothing has changed in the chambers of the human heart. We're still these rebellious people. But God looked at us and he loved us. He could have been fearful and stood off wringing his hands because of the power he had put in, within our lives because he knew we could choose poorly. And we did again and again. He built this beautiful garden and he put Adam and Eve down in the middle of it. They were, they were the, the pinnacle of his design, of his gifting, of his ingenuity. All of that was in these two human beings that he put there. And he made them with a capacity to live successfully in this beautiful world that he created. And he had built them so that they could thrive in a relationship with God, their creator, and in so doing, be able to thrive in a relationship with each other. That's how he built us. And he only gave this one, when he built it, he only gave them this one simple instruction. He said, listen, check this out. You you see that tree I put over there in the center of the garden? Well, that tree is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Now, it looks pretty, but avoid it at all costs. Don't even think about eating that fruit. You can look, but don't touch. If you eat it, It will change the way you and I relate with each other for the rest of time, and the end result will be separation and death. Pretty clear. What Adam and Eve heard was, as soon as you think my back is turned, go ahead and be sure to eat that fruit because I was really kidding about the separation and death thing. So they went and did what they were going to do. They did what they wanted to do, and they stepped over the line, and all of us have been doing it ever, ever since. What was God's reaction to all of that? Well, he could have first been in fear that they were going to do it, which he didn't. He loved them. But what he could have done is, is, is moved in anger. <laughs> you think about that? If God had just gotten angry in this, in a flash, in a moment, in a nanosecond, he could have snapped his fingers and turned all that he'd created in you and me and all the future, everything into vapor and dust in a nanosecond. Or maybe even worse, what could have been even worse than that was what if God would have just turned his back and moved to a far distant galaxy and just left us to the consequences of our decisions. It's hard to imagine, isn't it? Instead, instead of responding like like we often do, he responded in love towards us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son 
There's a, there's a solution. When he reacted in love, it was not a feeling. It was not just an emotion. And, and he, he acted. A plan was in place. And it had, it had wheels on it. It had an engine under the hood. And it was ready to move. And his gift, his, his gift to restore and bring back what we had lost was in giving his son. So rather than fear and anger, everything he gave was love. And, and, and it, everything that love is... It's implied that it was coming in our direction. In love, he gave his one and only son. And Jesus became the most observable, the richest, the most approachable demonstration of God's love as the final solution to this unreconcilable chasm that we had created by our own rebellion. Jesus came over that. He bridged that. And what we could not do, Jesus did. That was the gift of the Father to us. It was the purest expression of his love, and it has never stopped. Everything that love is, everything that God, that, that God determined that love really would be, has become ours. Love protects. Love provides. It makes plans, and it follows through. It considers outcomes and futures. It makes and keeps promises. Love creates relevance. Love creates safety. It wants the best for everyone. Love chooses to be with the ones that it is focused on. As Paul would write, love never fails. All of that is directed. He gave. He gave his only son. But John also tells us back in John 1 and verse 11 that that in giving his son, he began giving other things to us as well, all that the son brought with him. John 1, 11, he came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, talk about that word believe, believed in his name, he gave, God giving again, God gave the right to become the children of God. Wow. Not only give Jesus this answer, this solution, this reconnection, but in that he now made me family. And in this ultimate gift, I could be sure of what it goes on to say that I will never disappear. I won't go away, but I will receive life from eternity's storehouse. Whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. I'm receiving out of God's storehouse because God has come. Whoever believes, it says, whoever believes in him shall not perish. That's the anchor. That's the key that I've heard this story. And I hear that story of, I I recognize this, this desperate distance that I have from God and no way to restore it on my own. No matter what I try to do, I can't move in his direction. God moved in mine. He came towards me. And so I hear the story and I embrace Jesus as the answer that that he was God, also man, came to this earth. He established a, a kingdom. He died for my sins. And in that, he granted me forgiveness. He rose from the dead, securing once and for all everything that God had ever promised. All of that he did. I hear that story. I receive it. I embrace it. I said, that's, that's it. That's the answer. And it says that if I believe, I receive that. I will not perish. It's a great word. See, life comes when we receive Jesus. And the death, 
the death that we would have known, the death without God, has been abolished because I know him. Eternity has begun for me the moment I received Jesus. How many of you realized that you're living in eternity right now? You don't have to die to be enjoying eternity. You as a believer are living right now in eternity's benefits. Right now. Corey Tim Boom once said, you know eternal life does not start when you go to heaven. It starts the moment you reach out to Jesus. He never turns his back on anyone and he is waiting for you. You will not perish, Jesus said. You will not perish. You won't go away. You're his. This means that you are no longer under the sentence that had fallen on all of mankind. We're no longer susceptible to the eternal ravages of sin and this ultimate sentence of death. That's gone away. It's not mine anymore. Nor are we any longer, uh, no longer is it necessary to be under the despotic control of the illegitimate overlord, the devil. See, I kind of imagine it like this. I was thinking about this scripture. The, the promises of the afterlife are obviously were real, but they were always iffy before Jesus. You, you didn't know. People were uncertain, and they were poorly prepared as, as human. And the devil had always used this threat of death and the fear of death to control people and to control the masses. And he'd always been able to use that as a trump card, a tool, to, to try to separate people from their God. Jesus had pointed out, said, the the thief comes to steal and to kill and destroy. But I come that you might have life and have it to the full. That's that's what's being compared here. That's the difference from what I've been transferred from, what what was my destiny, into what God has has destiny. So I, I kind of imagine it happening like this. It's the day after the crucifixion. The whole world is in mourning, but not in hell. In hell, they're partying like rock stars. They beat him. This, this greatest of all threats of anything the devil had ever faced, he had managed to shut Jesus down just like he shut all the humans that had come before him. He, Jesus in his life had pretty much ignored all the devices that the devil had used to discourage and to control, control men and women. But now in Jesus' death, it appeared that even he had finally been neutralized by the power of the devil. Even Jesus was perishing for a brief moment. It looked like the thief had, had won this big, biggest battle and they were partying, and they were celebrating. But here was the angel of death standing in the room with the party going on. Only he's standing off to the side. He's the one who incited the crucifixion. He's the one that, he's the one that helped find the, 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 uh, uh, the uh, Judas, the, the, the one who would turn on him. And, and he's the one that got the, the, the religious people incited against Jesus, threatened a feeling of threat, and, and got the powers that be to, to begin to react And it all ended in this crucifixion, bringing Jesus to this ultimate end. But the spirit of death is kind of standing there, and and the devil's looking at him like, what in the wrong, what is world, uh, world is wrong with you? He said, he probably said, you look like somebody just walked over your grave. 
He said, what's going on? You said, you're, you're, you're becoming kind of the Debbie Downer at my party. And every, people are starting to pick up on your vibe. What's the, what's the deal? And, and the spirit of death says, he wasn't scared of me. He, he looked me in the eye. And with the same certainty that he showed on that day, he called Lazarus out of the grave and out of my hands. He fixed his eyes on me like he knew something I didn't, say, he, I didn't know. The devil laughs a little bit self-consciously now. He says, well, you need to lighten up death. He said, you're, 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 this, you're not celebrating this greatest triumph and other people are picking it up, so cheer up. He said, we got this. I've always controlled this world by killing those who were a threat to my kingdom. And this is no different. Jesus is dead. So death looks around at the decorations and he looks around at all the drunken demons and he says, well, I guess you must be right. It has been three days and the sun is about to come up. What have we got to worry about? Something broke. In fact, maybe it went like this. This is just for you guys. The doors throw open and Jesus is standing there and the devil says, what are you doing here? He said, where's your badge? Jesus says, batches? <laughs> I don't need those stinking batches. And the Bible says that he took, he took the keys of hell and death and the grave. And he walked out of that room and the devil couldn't do a thing about it. And he never has since. And you and I, You and I are living in the full benefit. We will not perish, but we have everlasting. We have been given instead eternal life. Now, I want you to understand, eternal life is not just a length of time. Eternal life is God's life. If it is eternal, it is God. And when you received eternal life, that was God coming into you. That was God's very presence restoring everything I had messed up, anything the devil had stolen, anything else anybody had jerked out of my life. God restored it with his own life. That is everlasting life. It's God's life. And everything that that life implies is now living in you. In fact, Jesus had already told Nicodemus in that, in that uh, scripture in John 3, he was already telling them. He said, listen, this is how it's going to work. You must be born again. What do you mean? He says, well, you've got to be born the first time, but then you need to be born the next time. What's born of the flesh is flesh. What's born of the spirit is spirit. He said, that's the secret. That's how God's going to pull this thing off is he's going to take all that was in you, move it out by forgiveness and instead replace it with the life of God by the presence of the Holy Spirit. And you not only will be his, but now you will represent him. That's what was happening here. That's what this verse is about. So now that we believe our purposes and our assets have been revolutionized. Wouldn't you agree? See, uh, 
what are we doing? Do, how, what are, how are we responding to the world? Are we responding in fear? Or are we responding in anger? Because I see a lot of both of that. This is a world fear, filled with fear. And the church is filled with fear. This is a world with, full of anger. And the church is full of anger. Jesus is full of love. Sometimes at the very things you fear and are angry at. What are we doing with all of this? What does it mean? See, uh, it, Jesus, Nicodemus says, God's true intention for us is now available. We as human beings are being repurposed. We're being furnished. The resources of heaven have become ours because we're being furnished with God's own spirit. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. They, I, I've tried to, live my life, it, you know, it's like simplify, simplify, downsize. It's hard to downsize what we're talking about here. In fact, I think it probably needs to get bigger in every one of our lives. Because the way, if I read it, and, and the, all the implications are even in my, in my own experience are that, that he wants more and he wants more, why? Because he wants us to be the ones that bring certainty to this earth, not to fear it and not to be angry at it, but to love it like he did. And to put ourselves in the way of loving what he loves. Instead of running from it and excusing ourselves. I try to live my life around some simple truths. One of them, first, first of all, is I am God's. I believed Somewhere back there, I believed. And if I believe, I will not perish. How many of you are with me on this one? You're not perishing. That's good news all by itself. But here's what you got instead. Eternal life. He didn't just say, okay, no perishing. How many of you like to live forever in your current condition? You know, 2,000 years from now, what's it going to be like to get out of bed then? And I was like, no. no. This is an eternal situation by God breathing his life into you. And so I belong to God. I'm his. His eternal life resides in me. The, it's not just about me going to heaven. That thing is secured. I'm, I'm pretty sure on that one. But I want to see God's glory being displayed through my own life wherever he feels like it needs to be seen. And that would mean with the people that I bump into, the, the work, what I do, and, 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 and with having an, a certainty in my life that when I encounter people and I encounter a need, that God is, is in the mix here, that out of his reservoir of love and, and compassion, that there's something that I, I don't have, but he's got, and he's living here in me. So I've just begun to assume that whatever the need is, God can meet it, and I just might get to be the conduit that runs it from him to them. That makes sense? You're staring. Makes me uncomfortable. This is something I, I, I'm trying to give away. I'm, I'm trying to help people understand this. When Jesus, when Jesus ministered to people, people were constantly coming to him for needs. You know? What do we do when people come to us? Well, I will pray for you. And we probably do, you know, 50% of the time anyway. But we go home, we dismiss it, we go home, and we go into our, 
our, our prayer moments and I pray, oh, Father, bless so-and-so. They need this and so. And I'm done. When people came to Jesus, what did he do? That's a demon. I'm going to fix that. And I'm going to fix it right now. He spoke into people's lives. He prayed for them. He ministered to them. There was counsel. There was help. He fed them. He did all of these things that, that, uh, that we, you know, it, it looks like, like some sort of mythology or something. Jesus was just responding to the life that was in him. Well, folks, let me tell you, it's the same life that is in you. And so I believe God still is in the moment. Jesus is in the moment. See, I, I want to help people do this so that we're just like the prayingest bunch in, in, the, in Reno. That someone says, well, I have a need. Would you pray for me? And said, let me pray for you right now. Let's see what the God who lives here, right here, let's see what he can do in this moment. And in a new certainty that God, in fact, has, has put me in this place of that me, Pastor Tom, that eternal life lives in me, and I'm just about to give you a chunk of what he's given me. And you pass it on and you pray. We're going to be doing some training. And all you young people, everyone will be able to sign up for this. Next week after church, I'm going to do some training on how this works. How, it, how it's, it's not that hard, but we're often we're just not taught it. We don't see it. So our prayer training, if you're one of those waiting to do some prayer training, you want to be on the prayer team, or if you just want to come, we want you to come. But be sure that you register. You've got to go online and register for this because we will kick you out. Just feels good, you know, stuff like that. We do want you to sign up, and we have child care and other things, plus the, the whole Green Foundation, uh, the, all that's going on. If you've got kids from 5 to 11, there's going to be a lot going on here next Sunday. But I want you to come. And then during the summer, we're going to be doing some ministry evenings where we just worship a little bit, and we, we talk just a little bit, but mostly we're going to pray. Bring your stuff. Bring your friends with stuff. And let's just see what God will do in the moment. And maybe you will get to be part of what brings the answer. How does that sound? You see, this thing, yeah, that's kind of what I thought too. Woo! <laughs> Mine was more like a woo. That's pretty good. See, um, our assets have been revolutionized. We are not who we were. And if nobody's ever told you that before, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whosoever believes in him. It's not just, I like that big believe sign downtown. It's like, okay. <laughs> it needs to, we need to go finish that some dark night where it says believe in Jesus. So it works. It'll actually work. See, I, I believed in him. I believed in him. And what happened? I'm not going to perish. I'm not going away. I'm not going to get lost. I'm not going to disappear. I'm here. But he gave me instead eternal life. And baby, I want to share a little bit of whatever it is he gave me with you. Father, thank you. You did this really well, Lord. Sometimes I just think you're like a genius. Lord, you're so good to us because you saw how hurting and beat up and lost we were. And in spite of the fact that we did it to ourselves and we did it to each other, 
You gave the gift of your son. And in the giving of that son, I no longer have to fear perishing. I don't have to fear judgment. Instead, I can exalt and live in and demonstrate eternal life because Jesus has given his life to me. I thank you, Father, for the mercies we receive in your name. We love you and will serve you in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a wonderful week, Life Church. Thank you for listening to the Life Church Reno podcast. Remember to subscribe to hear more messages like this. And you can also find more information at lifechurchreno.com. Blessings to you.